and I Spotlight podcast, where we discuss topical insolvency issues. My name's Lucy Trott. I'm a senior knowledge lawyer in the restructuring insolvency team. And today I'm joined by Tim Carter, who is a partner in the, in the team. So our discussion today focuses on the tricky issue of recognition of foreign insolvency proceedings now that Britain has left the EU. By way of background, under the recast EU Insolvency Regulations 2015, insolvency proceedings opened in any member state are automatically recognised across the EU. So while the UK was a member of the EU, we benefited from mutual recognition of our insolvency proceedings across all member states. Now, without the benefit of any bilateral agreement between the UK and the EU, um, at least relating to insolvency proceedings, Any insolvency proceedings commenced in the EU are not recognised in the UK and vice versa. This is an issue on which we are increasingly being asked to advise and we have seen a growing number of instructions to deal with recognition of foreign insolvency proceedings here in the UK. It's not a new problem though, there has never been a mechanism for automatic recognition of insolvency proceedings between the UK and other jurisdictions around the world. But the issue has been brought into sharper focus since leaving the EU. So, Tim, why might this be a cause for concern? Thanks, Lucy. Um, well, there are a number of reasons an insolvency office holder might be concerned to ensure their appointment is recognised in foreign jurisdictions. An obvious example is where a company has assets overseas, which the office holder needs to safeguard and ultimately realise for the benefit of creditors. Without recognition of their appointment, the office holder would not have the power to enter contracts as agent for the company in order to realise those assets. Another reason for obtaining recognition is where proceedings are either ongoing or commenced against the insolvent entity in a foreign jurisdiction. The insolvency office holder would not be recognised as having authority to participate in the proceedings without an order recognising their appointment in the relevant jurisdiction. Depending on how recognition is obtained and whether it involves foreign main proceedings, it is possible to obtain an automatic stay on the litigation or arbitration on the making of a recognition order. In those circumstances, an urgent application for recognition is often required. That's right. So it can be critical for an insolvency office holder to obtain recognition of their appointment in foreign jurisdictions. And this is something which we've advised upon a fair amount in recent months, as I mentioned previously, for various reasons. So, Tim, what's the most common or the easiest way to obtain recognition of foreign insolvency proceedings in the UK? The ANS trail model law on cross-border insolvency is implemented in England and Wales through the Cross-Border Insolvency Regulations 2006. It is the most useful tool in our arsenal to assist foreign office holders in obtaining recognition of their appointment here in the UK. Through the cross-border regs, a foreign court or foreign office holder can apply for assistance in relation to a foreign insolvency proceeding. Broadly, this will include collective or judicial proceedings pursuant to insolvency laws, including those for the purpose of reorganisation or liquidation. There are, though, exclusions from its application. For example, the regulations will not apply to building societies, certain insurers or UK credit institutions, and neither will they apply to receiverships or schemes of arrangement under Part 26 of the Companies Act 2006. However, the cross-border regs are a useful mechanism to which a foreign insolvency office holder can apply for recognition of their appointment here within the UK. The effect of the recognition order depends on where the company's centre of main interest, COMI, lies. If the company's COMI is in the state where the insolvency proceedings were first opened, referred to as foreign main proceedings in the regulation, the office holder will benefit from certain automatic reliefs. 
that is a stay on all proceedings in the UK on the making of the recognition order. It is more difficult to obtain recognition where the company's comey lies elsewhere, i.e. not in the jurisdiction where the proceedings were first opened. In that case, the court will only order recognition where the company has a sufficient connection to the UK with an establishment or other assets within this jurisdiction. Another way that foreign insolvency office holders can seek to enlist the assistance of the UK courts is through Section 426 of the Insolvency Act 1986. Section 426 provides that foreign courts in designated jurisdictions can make a request for assistance from the English court. The request must come from the foreign court, which is usually made on the application of the office holder, and in, in one of the relevant countries or territories, which are mainly Commonwealth countries or former British colonies, such as Australia, the BVI, Bermuda and South Africa. The English courts may apply the insolvency law, which is applicable to either court in relation to comparable matters falling within its jurisdiction. A recent example of the use of Section 426 is the recognition of an Irish scheme of arrangement in relation to Silverpale Dairy Ireland Unlimited Company. In that case, the High Court made an order giving legal recognition to a scheme of arrangement in relation to an Irish receivership. The scheme of arrangement had been sanctioned by the Irish High Court on the 31st of March of this year, and the recognition and enforcement orders were granted pursuant to letters of request made to the High Courts of both England and Northern Ireland. This is a novel use of Section 426, and it's only the second time a scheme of arrangement has been recognised using that procedure. Such orders wouldn't have been required prior to Brexit, as orders in respective companies in examinerships, such as this one, with their centre of main interest in Ireland, would previously have been recognised automatically in England and Northern Ireland under the recast EU Insolvency Regulations 2015. So those are some of the more common routes to achieve recognition of foreign insolvency proceedings in the UK. But what about the reverse position where we have UK office holders seeking recognition overseas? As the mutual recognition under the recast EU insolvency regulations 2015 no longer applies, insolvency proceedings opened in England and Wales no longer benefit from automatic recognition in other member states. To apply for recognition under the UNSATRAL model law, the model law must have been adopted in the country where recognition is sought. Whilst over 40 countries have signed up worldwide, including the USA, Australia, Dubai and China, unfortunately for English office holders, the model law does not apply in many EU member states. So far, only Greece, Poland, Romania and Slovenia have signed up. Otherwise, a letter request can be made under Section 426 of the Insolvency Act 1986 to the Foreign Court, where the request relates to a country within a designated jurisdiction. However, again, this mostly relates to former Commonwealth countries and British colonies and is unlikely to assist in relation to recognition within the EU. If neither of these routes assist, officeholders will be reliant either on the principles of comity or local laws within the relevant jurisdiction. In that case, local legal advice would need to be sought. What this means is that where insolvent companies have assets or proceedings spread across multiple jurisdictions, Insolvency office holders will often need to rely on a patchwork quilt of recognition in each of those relevant jurisdictions. Of course, this isn't an entirely new issue. And as I mentioned in opening, there's never been a reciprocal arrangement in place between the UK and the world in general. The new complexities arise in relation to our close proximity to the EU, given there's no reciprocal arrangement between the UK and the EU post-Brexit in relation to insolvency.
I suspect we'll see growing numbers of applications to the UK courts for relief under the cross-border insolvency regulations going forwards, particularly from insolvency practitioners in neighbouring jurisdictions. Fortunately, we've had plenty of time and opportunity to gem up on the regulations in readiness. Well, thanks, Tim. I think that was a really useful discussion. Um, next time on the RI Spotlight podcast, we will discuss more pressing matters in the world of restructuring and insolvency. Do get in touch with any feedback or other burning topics you'd like us to cover. 